It's the after talk. After talk. It is the after What's talk. Up? I'm meeting after talk rolls. What's up? After talk rolls. It's the after talk, talk y'all. Talk. It's the after talk. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello, hello, and how are you doing? Welcome to Up With An Armor Presents, our meeting at the Crossroads Music Series, After Talk. Now, the After Talk is where we actually get a chance to go back a little bit and focus in on some of the interviews that we had early in the year with some of the artists. So sit back, relax, snap on the seatbelt, do whatever you gotta do, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get nitty gritty and get a little bit around the edges of things, if you know what I mean. Burgundy Williams, the R&B powerhouse, is an Atlanta, Georgia native coming from a long line of singers. After a very competitive run on the UK smash hit X Factor, Burgundy returned to the US and is an Apollo Theater regular. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, we have such a treat for you today. We have Miss Burgundy Williams, the lady herself, Lady Burgundy. Uh, this is episode two, part two. Now, this is episode two, part two. We had uh, episode two, part one with Kwame Michael Remy. And before that, we had an episode one, part one and two with Cody Jenkins and Mike Hammond. And we want to discuss a few things with this wonderful R&B powerhouse that maybe you don't know about or things that you wouldn't know about her if you have heard about her before. A funny, funny fact. And what I found out in that time, in that area, was that we actually went to high school together. Burgundy Williams is from Atlanta, Georgia, as you heard earlier. And I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to Atlanta. Welcome, welcome to Atlanta. And we went to a school called North Atlanta High School of Performing Arts. We were singers in the performing arts choirs. They had um, a beginning choir, intermediate choir, an advanced choir. They had a show group, touring group. And we were part of some of those things, different areas under the same umbrella. But we knew each other back when, back when we were young. And the way I found that out, so when I had to do the interview with her for uh, Up With Norm Presents, our meeting at the Crossroads video music series, obviously introduced to her by Kwame, uh, who met her in New York doing a few club date gigs. But uh, he told me about a young lady that he's had the pleasure of sharing the stage with that uh, I might know. Because he didn't really know, but he figured that we might know some of the same people. So... Obviously, I did my research before I interviewed her, and I got a chance to, you know, look her up on online, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. And I saw so many mutual friends that we have in common. And that's not uncommon when you're in the same career setting or, you know, even the same city for that matter, but um, friends from our childhood. And I was like, wait a minute, how does she know this brother? How does she know a Hanif Stubbs or Jamal Stubbs or Tony Hightower? I mean, the list goes on. But yeah, we went to the same high school together. And I'm sure we knew each other then, alone loosely. Yeah, we went to the same high school together. We were both in ROTC, not together, not at the same time, because we were in different grades. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who was younger or older, but <laughs> we were in different grades. And uh, I mean, I'm sure we passed each other in the hallway. It's so crazy to say, but um, we're going to talk to her and I see if she'll introduce us into a, a private area of her life to find out a, a few things about Burgundy. Um, and then, you know, of course, my favorite thing, we're going to talk about drinks, maybe see what her favorite drink is. Uh, 
Kwame Michael Remy is going to be joining us today as a, a co-host. Since he knows Burgundy very well through the music industry in New York, he's going to join us and help me host the situation and talking with her. She has such a wonderful personality. And I think with a personality that big, you had to find two other men <laughs> to counter her. So, I mean, one was not enough. One was not enough. But we're going to talk about uh, a lot of things that she's gone through, a lot of uh, her experiences, and um, piggyback off of some of the episodes before, speaking about the voice and, um, you know, the music industry. And just see what Miss Burgundy has to say, Lady Burgundy, that is. See what she has to say, along with Mr. Kwame Michael Remy, the human Rolodex of New York City. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. What's oh, cheers. Really? You That's how you're going to do us? You know, I had to grab a little libation for this. this I wasn't time. ready. You wasn't ready. You can get ready. You got time. You can prep a girl for some libations. I would have had to go to the store. Do you drink at all? Unfortunately, yes, now I do. Thank you, New York. New York. Okay, I just wanted to see. Yeah, for some reason, it's, in, it's practically offensive to not drink when you're around everybody. So they buy you drinks. It kind of is. You know, you like alcohol, and now I drink. What's your drink of choice? Ooh, I like brown stuff. Ooh, really? One bourbon, one scotch. You like the brown You're straight for the hard stuff. She's smiling. I know, right? right? I was thinking she's going to say white wine, Riesling. She's the brown liquor. I like the brown stuff, the hard things, the stuff that knocks you out at night. They give me heartburn. They taste so good. People say I got a drinking problem. So I'm just making sure all my stuff is on silent. Can you Where hear you? my air conditioning? No, I don't hear it. You hear, you oh, hear okay. mine? It ain't really, because okay. I ain't got one. So... <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your life, because, like, you've been a soldier. You sold pizza. <laughs> you've done everything. The soldier thing had me, because I started off in, um, and this is nowhere near what you went through, but I started off in high school as an ROTC, thinking that I was going to go into uh, the armed forces years later. It was something that I was going to do for college, because I got the scholarship for it, but I ended up not doing it based on something else that happened in my life at the time, so I kind of just got sidetracked or whatnot. But let me know about your role through uh, working uh, with the armed forces. Now, was, was this the Army? I was in the Army, yeah. Okay. If you don't mind touching on that a little bit, if you don't mind. All right. So I was uh, in the Army eight years, collectively. Army Reserve and the Army, active Army. I, too, was in ROTC at said high school. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> I'm blown away right now. But we're going to go back. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Life in the Army is different for everybody. Yeah. And, I don't know, I had a hard time. I had a oh, really, really hard time. Not yeah. because I didn't want to be there or I wasn't motivated because I was in ROTC. I was groomed for it. I mean, I was ready. Yeah, they get us ready. It's some weird stuff that they do that you're like, am I really going to go through this later on? And it's like, yeah, okay, all right, well. I, mean, I was looking forward to it. I was the only person that basically kind of like, when do we start? <laughs> they was like, let me tell you, I got in trouble so much. They be like, William, every time I see your teeth, drop and give me 10. I was like, man, I So they... <laughs> So the first sergeant would call my name and they'd be like, Williams. I'm like, huh? Yes, sir, sergeant. And he's like, drop. I'm like, oh. There you go. You're like, damn it. You set me up. <laughs> oh, then all the drill sergeants kind of got in on it. And I tell you, I was strong as hell. You were what? I was strong, baby. I believe it. I believe it. I tried to join the Army Choir, but someone weighed too much. So oh, I was flying all to, the time. You have to be under a certain amount of pounds to be in the Army Choir? To be in anything. So in oh. the army, they'll take you and they'll mold you into what they can. Right. So my body was way more dense, more muscle. I was into weightlifting in high school. So I didn't weight meet the height weight requirement. So I was flagged. 
even though I could pass all of my, you know, I could pass all my push-ups, my runs, my sit-ups, all of that was no problem. Well, the problem pass. If you're still not within that weight restriction, the height weight ratio, which is basically um, modeled after white women. Mm. But if you're not hitting that white woman mold, you'll get flagged, yeah. and there'll be things that you can't do until you lift this restriction. Wow. And I'm, I just, I was just never meant. Even though I was a hundred pounds lighter than what I am now, uh, I was like maybe a hundred ten pounds lighter than what I am now. I was still not good enough, mm. which is why I, I had to. I was so glad to get out of the army because just not gonna be good enough. But you did eight years though. I mean, that's a strong because eight I mean that was the hardest eight years of my life. Because it's only required to what do four. You're only required to do your in, your initial enlistment, but you're obligated to the country for a, a full eight, whether you're active reserve or inactive reserve. So a lot of people get out and do inactive reserve. Ah, uh, okay. Back. Okay. Okay. Or you can just go reserve and do two weeks. Mm. Gotcha. So I was like, I don't want y'all calling me if I, you know, I ain't fucking y'all like that. Don't call me. So, <laughs> so I went reserve. I went reserve and did my little two weeks a year, one weekend a month. I did that up until the war started. So now I am a war veteran. Wow, oh my God. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you, you so much. You do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your service. So when did you move to New York? Because I mean, I met you in the last what year or two, but you've been year pretty- two, yeah. You've been here forever, lighting up the city of New York. I moved to New York in uh, June 2014. My grandmother had passed, and the only reason I came, my original intention was to move to New York right after the army. Mm. But my family needed me. So, you know, a family called, you go with family. And yeah. my grandmother, my grandma died. I said, you know, I'm not going to stay here. Mm. I was like, if you gone, I'm gone. So after she passed in 2013, I gave myself a year to go and follow my dreams and live my life. Because I always kept saying, you know, my life starts. Uh, when I moved to New York, because up until then, I lived for everybody. Yeah. After my grandma passed, I was like, okay, it's finally my turn. Yeah. Mm. Now, wait a minute. I know that you also had a residency in London. Can we talk about that for a minute? There was a whole club. That sure. Saw- um, so I met up with a promoter online after X Factor. Oh, and- X Factor? Wait. Yeah, I was on X Factor 2018. You can't just skim over that. You were on the X Factor in the UK? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was just something. Like, right? yeah, I just, like, I just like, went to Kroger. Like a yeah. glass of water. That's amazing. I went to the UK for, well, to England for one reason, just to do like a, like a, like a scouting mission and okay. try to see what kind of work I could drum up. I had an unfortunate incident with someone who was going to be my manager and things were turning bleak and I was trying to figure a way out without, you know, having called to somebody to say, come pick me up. <laughs> right. exactly. yeah. And I got a, I got an invitation to audition. So I guess they saw me on Instagram since I was over there a lot, online a lot. I ended up auditioning and ended up staying there another, for four months. Oh, wow. So I hustled there just like I hustled in New York. I was singing in pubs around the, the countryside. <laughs> Had a couple gigs in Wales and then started um, X Factor. And that was fun. Tell us why you should be making records right now. I feel like everything in my life has pushed me and propelled me into this moment. I couldn't even get close to this far in the States. What held you back in the States? Life happens, honey. Okay. If I could have told me yes a long time ago, I would have. (laughs) It was TV, and I knew it was TV, and I clicked it as TV. I wasn't devastated by but I made it the top 25. I'm proud of that. That's amazing. Um, I would have made it further had other things had happened, but... Those were beyond my control. <laughs> With those type of shows, I mean, it's television. Yeah. And yes. it's not always about 
talent. We as artists forget that. Right. Yeah. It's firstly a TV show. Secondary, the actual participants come third or fourth. There are like so many other things. Yeah, and I knew where I was on that priority scale. Plus, I was an American on a, on a British show. So I'm like, I'm not going to be expected to go but so far. I find as Black artists, soul artists, R&B artists, jazz artists, blues artists, where you can struggle in America to find your niche and to find a place to perform your art, I find that in Europe, more than often, they're open to Black performers coming over and sharing your uh -huh. artist. Now, that is very true. Yeah. That very is true. very true. Those are the TV people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we're already clowning. She is the personification of Army Strong. But she makes it sound so fun, even through trials and tribulations, from being homeless, staying in shelters, discriminated against in high school, and even later on in life. She sees the lighter side of things. Shoot, Army sounds tougher than I thought. I might have really dodged a bullet there. Eight years? Nah. We salute you, Burgundy, and all the other soldiers, active or inactive. To accomplish what she's been through, being overseas on a talent competition, and making a life over there for a little bit under a year? <laughs> I have to applaud her. Standing ovation. But I must say, these amazing stories and anecdotes must have you on the edge of your seat waiting to hear more. Did she do all this alone? I'm really good at being by myself because I am most of the time because it's New York. My apartment is on the 13th floor. I sit high above so I can judge people when they walk by. So I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've got my Xbox. I, I shoot people when I'm frustrated. <laughs> it's all right. You did your stint with X Factor. You uh, did a reign in, uh, in the UK, London, or whatnot. Then you came back to the US. Uh, you did a run with the Apollo, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, so I have been on the Apollo stage since 2009, back when I was still in Atlanta. They held auditions one time at the um, Roxy. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, me and my boyfriend at the time went, and I got in, and it was just like, okay, well, you got to do you got to come up to New York. And that was my first time coming to New York. So I came in for those, what, two or three days and auditioned, got on. So I've been on and off, on and off. When I moved here, when I, that first day I went to um, the Sugar Bar, the, no, the second day. I came on a Tuesday and they said, you need to come on a Thursday, girl. You're on the wrong night. Yeah. <laughs> so I come to R&B night on Thursday and I'm on stage singing because I only got on stage. And guess who's sitting in the corner? The talent coordinator for the Apollo. Oh, okay. wow. And I'm on stage. She said, Burgundy, Burgundy, what you doing here? I'm like, this Kathy. And she was like, oh, you coming back? You coming back? I was like, you know I'm coming back, too. I just got here. <laughs> so then uh, I tried again. That was so 2014 is when I started again. And it was hit or miss. Yeah. And I had a couple mentors along the way. And finally, finally, I never won first place until the very last competition where I won top dog. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was just a long time coming. That's cool. She is a hoot, y'all. And the stories just keep coming. So let's do a recap here. She completed the Army, eight years. She did the X Factor UK. She was one of 25 finalists. She performed a few times at the Apollo. Huh? Wow. Just wow. It seems she's the true definition of being all that you can be, finding a way of making one. To have this journey... To get this far and she's still standing, I'm in complete awe of her determination. And she's only an arm's length away from success. I wonder what's her take on how she's made it this far after going through all these stumbling blocks or whatnot. Let's see. I've had so many people tell me who I am, who I should be, how I should be, where I should be, when I should be. Being that I'm a passive-aggressive person, more passive than aggressive. I got singled out a lot mm. growing up, 
in high school, in the army, I got picked on a lot because they see my humble exterior, but they see a big black chick. And it was just like, ooh, a target, somebody I think I messed. So I had a really, 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 really hard time. And there was a lot of self-doubt. I didn't think I could sing. I didn't think I was good enough to sing in front of people. I wanted to be a singer, but I kept tell, telling people, tell me no. Putting me back in beginning choir. I kept my passion hidden in my heart. So when I got out of high school, I joined the army because that was what I was told I was expected to do. I got a government job. I worked for the IRS because I was expected to get a government job. I did everything I was expected to do, but I was miserable, miserable. And this is the poorest I've ever been in my life right now, but it's the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you just said, you know, how getting picked on or pushed. Our high school was really hard with stuff like that. Like, Atlanta ain't no joke. When it comes down to, if people feel a certain way, they're going to mm-hmm. let you know. They're basing it off what your exterior is and how you handle it and how you respond. Mm-hmm. You know, if your exterior is tough, they're going to try you a little bit until you keep coming back at them and they'll let it go. But if mm-hmm. you can't take that kind of stuff, man, I mean, people speak about bullying right now and what it all entails, but <laughs> I don't think it's nothing matched to what we used to deal with back in the day the only difference between then and now is we fought and nobody ever told us we couldn't fight exactly, exactly. we'd be like let's take this outside we'll you see know. you after class we're gonna have a fight today after school you don't have too many too many two let's times you said it. that to me let's do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah like you let's, said everything's gonna so many more yeah. meet me at the school bus i'll see you at bus stop <laughs> that's all it was but now these kids are now, you know, they're just online bullying, make people cry online. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy because I used to just, it's, it was easier when you could just choke your bully in the, in the hallway closet. <laughs> you said choke. <laughs> <laughs> these kids don't have that kind of access. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wait, did you say I'm weak? Wait, you said choke your bully. <laughs> My bullies didn't last long. Well, shit, if you were choking them out, I'm sure they didn't last long. <laughs> they, they didn't last long. Oh, my God, Burgundy. One fight with either my friends, or they left me alone completely. Wow, wow, wow. Such amazing stories she has. Such an interesting young lady uh, with such a big and fun uh, personality. I'm so glad to be reunited with her and be reintroduced by Kwame Michael Remy, our friend, who's gotten a chance to actually perform with her before uh, in New York. To be able to interview her right now is such a pleasure to hear these uh, fun anecdotes and just happenings that the ordinary person wouldn't know about. And speaking of things that the ordinary person wouldn't know about, let's see if she's able to drop a few more bombs on us and let us in on some cool happenings or cool things that she'd like to share with us uh, before we leave. But we're so, so happy, so appreciative to be able to have her here on the After Talk. Something cool is tell about me that I died before. You what? Oh yeah, I died before. Oh yeah, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't just keep dropping these bombs. <laughs> oh yeah. Matter of fact, I've I've had a very interesting life. It was actually when um my sophomore year in high school. I broke my arm. Was it my junior? No, my junior year in high school. I broke my arm playing with my sibling on a bunk bed. Sometime during the surgery, they said anesthesia wore off, and I woke up during surgery. And I remember hearing them say, is she up? Oh, shit. Next thing I know, I'm shivering. My whole body's like seizing on a cold metal cart. 
Oh, and wow. My are vibrating on the edge of the cart, so my heel hurts, and I'm freezing cold. And ironically, because it was at Grady, my grandmother worked at Grady. Grady. She was at work. She was upstairs at work, and they didn't tell her. I, they didn't even tell her I was out of surgery, so they didn't tell her. I, was I don't know what they were waiting for. I was convulsing, and I was coming away. Right when I woke up, everything was all weird, you know, and I could barely move, but I could move my head. A nurse opened the door. I said, I'm cold, but they had thrown, putting the thing down my throat, so you couldn't really, couldn't really hear really, you. Yeah. couldn't really talk. She looked at me and freaked out. Like, I legit scared her. She ran out and they called some other people. They had to pick me up off of this tray and put me in a bed, and they wheeled me out into the hallway, and I went back to sleep. I was exhausted. So I, when I got upstairs, I said, I told my grandma, my grandma was in my room when I got upstairs and I said, I died. And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I died. I literally died. I woke up and scared the crap out of the nurse. because she thought I was dead. I freaking died. So apparently when anesthesia wears off, if you're still in surgery, they hit you real, they hit you, you know, they weren't prepared. They overdid it. Oh, wow. Do you um, remember anything from that? Like how people normally talk about a white light or anything like that? You just remember the I, cold. Okay I, okay. I remember being on that cold slab, that cold gurney. Cold slab? It was, a, really... it was a metal gurney. It was a metal gurney. That's intense. <laughs> cold slab. Listen, there is a covering on your life. There is a covering on your life. And there is a... Oh, honey, I don't know. I died a couple times. So that was the only time I actually died. So I figured I was meant to be here. Well, on behalf of Up With It On With Productions, we'd like to thank you for hanging out for our meeting at the Crossroads. After talk. Now, your attention and time is much appreciated, and we look forward to having you checking in for more later on. Remember, success is only an arm's length away. Stay safe, stay home if you can, and if not, keep practicing social distance with a healthy and cautious way of life. Up with it on with folks. After talk, what's the haps? What's the scoop? What's going on? After talk, it's the after talk.